0: Good morning, quitters. Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian and podcaster, Maxim Allen. Today is Sunday, November 15th, 2020. It's getting a little chillier outside, but we're feeling good. We're feeling good. Uh, today, I am joined by a very special guest. Um, he raps. He is a performance artist. He does clowning stuff. He makes music. He's just, he does a lot of stuff in the performing atmosphere. Very cool. Very good uh, friend. Uh, let's give it up right now for Precious Gorgeous Ralph, a.k.a.
1: Ralph Jean-Pierre. Cool. <laughs> I want to say off the Bat. To, uh, two things uh strike me as funny um one is uh that uh right before this right before we opened this there was like some i thought some real like textured rich moments of like domestic life between you and your lady just like sorting out schedules and like making <laughs> shows together and like very adult not uh not uh just very adult and like hey i don't want to do this well you got to do this maybe you should t-. i love that that was like i was like sitting in there like woof. this is this is reminds <laughs> me of my house and um <laughs> and yeah then, sorry about that <laughs> don't be sorry i was i was like i like this they're handling business i'm here they're like being they're giving me water but they're also like hey we got shit to do i enjoyed that very much and then also um uh, I love that you were like, "Hey, you guys know me," which is like just the white version of rappers being like, "Y'all already know, y'all know who it is." Uh, so. Hello, everyone. You remember me from last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. That's beautiful. I love, I love it all. It's a beautiful tapestry already forming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I yeah, what,
0: what what happened right before this is uh just like making plans and I'm so busy during the weekdays mm. that when I get to the weekends I'm like I just want to chill. Mm. And then I always end up doing a bunch of stuff.
1: You can't chill, baby.
0: There is you no can't chilling. Chill, no.
1: <laughs> Especially I'm in the same boat. I'm you know my lady and I do pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. and we're trying to make stuff together and 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 also there's domestic Life just trying to make the house happy, which I neglect, and yeah, Anya's very focused on, and uh, um, there's no chill, baby. uh, (laughs) There's no chill, and it's but it's all for the best.
0: Yeah, no, I I feel that. I was uh, like, everyone's like, "Oh, the second wave. Will there be another lockdown?" Part Mm. of me is like, I kind of hope there's another lockdown
1: so I can just sleep for a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's so interesting how artists, especially comedians, and I love it. Mm-hmm. have been uh some of them have been so busy and um it's i, I want to feel like it's the it's the right thing it's the way things should be because at this point i think something i'm learning from snl beyond anything else is that um actors and musicians or even athletes are they're kind of important but they're not important anymore what's important right now is comedians mm-hmm. because they're the last in this world right now where you can't be sure if anything is true yeah comedians are the only truth tellers mm-hmm. and um and so i i love it i love i love i love seeing it i love how seeing how important it is that oh jim carrey's on or bill burr is on or dave Chappelle's mm-hmm. on like in the past it was like bradley cooper and uh george clooney or whatever and nobody gives a shit about those people right now. yeah <laughs> you know, i mean we want to know what is maria bamford doing what is uh my rudolph doing what is uh you know where's joe rogan moving that's what yeah. we want to know about <laughs> uh, i think i don't know
0: it's it's so bizarre to me like the celebrity comedians just how much of a following these people have and it's not like like, yeah, they make specials every once in a while, but for the most part, it's like they just do live shows and maybe have a podcast, and people are just like obsessed with what they have to say. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a funky time. I, I love things like that. Like, I think I was having a Twitter argument the other day, which I have a lot of internet arguments, but somebody was like, mainstream popularity doesn't have anything to do with if something's good or not, but I feel like... If something's popular, that's a really good indication of what people need. Mm-hmm. It's like if a dog is licking a wall, you know, or something a rock for salt, they probably need that. They probably yeah. need to like electrolyze or something. Like, people will tell you what they need, and 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 by that, where they are culturally, like mm-hmm. what's going on with them. Yeah. I need more. I need more meditation. I need more rock and roll. I need more drugs. I need whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they'll tell you what what we need yeah you know uh yeah that's super i don't know how we got into this but yeah
0: (laughs) but uh so you uh i guess right now you are a musician mostly
1: right now uh (laughs) uh i guess that's that's pretty apt i yeah i'm i'm i would hmm, i would say if i had to characterize the two things that i do i'd say neck and neck are i make music and act and mm-hmm. then behind that is comedy, and then behind that is um, teaching, mm-hmm. um, and then behind that is a bunch of other stuff. Like I like to A and R for other artists, like try to help other artists, uh, music artists, work on their stuff.
0: What's A and
1: and R is like I can really tell you. It's but it's kind of a term <laughs> for like this is a person who helps facilitate this your record being made in the Mm -hmm. best possible way. So they help you connect you with other artists. Let's say, if you're going to collaborate with other artists, they help Mm -hmm. you find beats and curate beats. They talk with you about, you know, you know, you should, you don't need this song, you know, these three songs work or whatever, or actually you should shorten this or whatever. It's just like, I think they just sort of work as a, a second ear and, and, and sort of a helpmate or like a, Kind of a secretary, like a creative secretary. Interesting. And so, like, I do that for some artists because I do it for myself and I Mm -hmm. like that.
0: Creative secretary is a fun
1: job title. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love to, like, I love to. I need those
0: beats on my desk. Stat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's what it is. I mean, I don't necessarily do that. Like, that's kind of what it is at a label, but in my Mm -hmm. own small way, amongst my scene, like, I really. Somebody put this to me the other day, like, it really helped me. Like, I realized why I get into so many arguments. And it's very apt what this person said. It was very, you ever have somebody just break it down and just like <laughs> give you what you are? And you're just like, oh shit. And the person was like, you get into so many arguments because you feel, um possibly correctly, I think correctly, that you have things to offer and things to teach. And it's not always taken seriously because I'm not big and famous, mm-hmm. yet, you know, which is, absolutely true uh it's it's 100 true like i've been making art all my life and mm. i feel and i love artists especially young artists and i always want to give whatever i have that might help um and and and, and i'm also very overbearing and invasive and, <laughs> and i think uh so so people sometimes resist it and i'm like but this helps i can help yeah, it always, it's not always, but in the pl- in the places where it is welcome, where people are asking for my input, and my input is usually just like, "Hey, look at this thing you already did." Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm usually not telling you to do anything, but like pointing out this, look at this brilliant thing you did that you may not have seen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I all I do. And um, uh, but there's that, and I direct sometimes, or I produce shows sometimes, mm-hmm. or I, uh, um, you know, things. Things
0: like that. So I guess uh, let's we can let's get into your main two things cool. that you mentioned. So you said making music and yeah. acting. Yeah. So
1: making music. So you you do like rap. I'm a, I am a rapper. Precious, gorgeous. I rapper. I like to call myself a rapper, a songwriter. Okay. Yeah, that's what I that's what I prefer.
0: How long have you been making music for? Uh, since I was twelve. Okay, what was that like? What kind of musical training did you have? For? I have
1: no. I'm I'm an autodidact. I don't play in instruments. Mm-hmm. I don't read music. I started rapping when I was 12, mm-hmm. and um, I started rapping when I was 12, and I just did it. I've just done it nonstop since then. Mm-hmm. So that's been now 23 years, and then um the the the, one of the first guys i started rapping with was a producer so i came up he was also a rapper but i he was a producer so i came up like watching music be made at at, Mm -hmm. at a crude very juvenile um novice level but you know i grew with that i grew with that and now you know i'm uh all the way into into art school and then through and then um uh as time went on i think about 7 years ago maybe less i um maybe 6 years ago i just had had this and i'd read a lot about music and i listened to a lot mm-hmm. of different kinds of music and i and was watching music docs or whatever it is and and uh, so just by osmosis i picked up a lot so then i just started to produce my own stuff and uh so a lot of my songs one, a lot of my songs I write from scratch, and mm-hmm. or I just am really, even if I don't make the beat, I'm very picky about beats, and I also um am like super, that's why I call myself a rapper songwriter. I don't think most rappers are like focused on songwriting, mm-hmm. and I really try to study that really yeah. uh, intently, so I'm like, uh, Yeah. I don't know if I'm answering any of your questions. It's okay. But, um, it's
0: it's good to get to get a big picture. So yeah. like so you start rapping when you're twelve years old. Where yeah. are you from? I'm from Brooklyn. You're yeah. from Brooklyn? Oh nice. Yeah. Okay. So wh- who were the rappers you were listening to when you were like twelve? Well,
1: um, I grew up in, in Brooklyn. I grew up in New York and when I was a kid, I remember being like ten or nine being on the phone with my friends on three-way and one of them was like do you, you hear about buster rhymes and i was like who was buster <laughs> rhymes i didn't know yeah i, I had no idea you know yeah. i was listening to hot 97 every morning on the way to school but like i was a kid uh, so i grew up uh, like i said i've been an artist my whole life so at seven i was re- reading comic books and my i think my cousin gave me how to draw comics the marvel way and so then that set me on a path like i Mm -hmm. was drawing comics for like 20 years of my life just doing Mm -hmm. that um and rapping and so um so that's all i cared about i didn't Mm -hmm. care about anything that wasn't comic books or superheroes yeah so then my family moved to florida and when i was 11 uh my uh, my dad stayed here me, me and my sisters and my mom moved to florida so the first summer i came back to new york mm-hmm. it was it was the debut of lauren hill as a solo act mm-hmm. jay-z's hard knock life album and dmx mm-hmm. all those things emerged that summer mm-hmm. and then i just you know i'd been away from new york for maybe two years i'd come back and the radio's on and it's like get at me dog and i was like what is going on i just said as if i'd never heard it before like there was small like i'd maybe picked up like a wyclef album and a big Willie style album or something Mm -hmm. maybe so it was like small but i was still like just like okay music but then when that hit me when dmx hit me and jay-z hit me i was like what is going on i just (laughs) i just was like this was here the whole time i didn't realize Mm -hmm. and then i just so I started with that and then um I think pretty early I got into Common who's my favorite rapper. Okay. Um I got into him really early. The Fugees, I was a really big Fugees fan really early. Um and uh and then that's it. And then I like everything I do I'm I'm pretty obsessive. So once I'll get into something I I I have to learn everything about it as fast as mm-hmm. possible. So I started just like going online hip-hop lyrics archive and undergroundhiphop.com and just reading lyrics and going to sam goody or whatever place and just standing at the thing and just listening to or going to used cd stores and just listening to every album i could find and just like trying to find new things and i just become obsessive so then i i started getting into like all the underground lyrical rappers yeah I don't know how big into hip hop you are, but I'm
0: pretty big. I'm not this big, but I, <laughs> I like I, I listen. I listen to a lot of rap, a lot of hip hop, but uh, yeah, like lyrical stuff. Where when I was kind of in high school, that mm-hmm. when people kind of got into it, it was like idea and abilities, yeah. atmosphere, yeah. kind of that vibe. That yeah, that mortal the exact, technique.
1: That's the exact vibe. Jedi yeah. mind tricks. That's what I was super cannabis Eminem. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 then like some of the more uh mainstream stuff too for sure i was anything that was hip-hop the roots jay-z anything that was hip-hop i was just mm-hmm. like obsessively trying to become the best rapper i could i would do like online text battles that was a big part text of text battles yeah you would battle people <laughs> on text <laughs> on the internet on the internet forums back in the day and um that was a big deal for me and yeah i was just i was just obsessive 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 um and uh that remains so and then and then that sort of shifted and changed over time mm-hmm. how i was into hip-hop but i'm still just as maybe more into hip-hop
3: than mm-hmm. i was before now
1: so uh when when
0: was when, how old were you when you kind of recorded your first song probably
1: 12 or no no not 12 maybe 14 15 okay um you remember what it was uh you know what i don't remember but i was in a group with my buddy jason who's now a marketing guy and we work a little bit together now um but uh we were in a group called main event Mm -hmm. and i don't know the one song i remember i was uh, I think it was like the first one. i was like getting a little bit better i was like and if you hear me, I want to see you jump in the game because all men and women lust for the same. If you hear me, and I don't know, I don't know what I was rapping about back then, but uh, I think that's like the first chorus I wrote, and I was like, oh, this is catchy. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of, it's kind of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And we, I remember we sold our CD in, in high school uh, around, uh, it didn't, it didn't make a big splash, but I think we, Jason ended up making some money. Uh, wow. But, yeah, I recorded, like, off and on all through high school. And then when I got to college, I recorded a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I only have, it's funny because i been rapping nonstop for 23 years. I only have, I'm about to put out a fourth, no, my fifth project mm-hmm. in December, which is a, another mixtape. And, and that's it. I kind of have, well, maybe six, maybe that's my sixth project. I kind of have half a mixtape I made with a buddy a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I have like an album I put out right at the end of college. And then in this last year, I put out three projects. Wow. Yeah. Trying to make up for lost, lost time.
0: So when... I'm oh, Maybe
1: seventh album, actually, because I also wrote a one-man show that was also a musical. And so I wrote an album for that, but I never released it. it only as a musical. So the music <laughs> was in the musical. So was, yeah.
0: Okay. So... So you've been rapping for a long time. Yeah, yeah. You got these projects. So when do you, uh, how do you practice rap? Do you just write stuff, or do you just get in your room alone with a beat and just rap, or what does practicing look like?
1: Um, It looks like a bunch of things. So um, when I was younger, I don't do this anymore because I don't feel I need to do it, mm-hmm. but when I was y- the basic ways to practice are to freestyle as much as you can, and to just write raps as much as you can to beats. That's what I think mm-hmm. you do. And especially, I think because here's something I think people don't talk about enough. Part of the way you practice rap is not just writing to beats, but picking beats to write to. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing. Uh, so this is something I practice. Uh, mm-hmm. And nobody told me. This. I had to figure this out. I think, but I think it's really important. <laughs> um, is cat uh, cat really looks like he's about to lunge? This like a, this is like a cartoon. Yeah, he's uh, ready to lunge. Over curious. <laughs> yeah. um, so that I think there's like, and I think this works for any art form. So there's four tiers, I would say, of of beats. Okay. There's this beat is crappy. This beat's pretty good. This beat's awesome. I'll die if I don't rap on this beat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's those four tiers, and your job is to only is to try your best to only ever deal with four, mm-hmm. and ignore the other three. Yeah. Um. And I, I think that is a practice because you have to get real quiet and listen to a voice inside yourself that you really don't want to listen to mm-hmm. because it tells you things you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um that's what i think
0: what does that voice say is it is it just like just rap over a beat you're okay with or exactly yeah this
1: is cool you're a a good mc will make any beat sound good Mm. yeah this is dope or this beat will be good in the club or whatever it is like yeah or this will this is a popular beat or just like you know what i yeah i think i think this is a four i think this is a four but you don't think it's a four when you hear four you're just like i have to leave i have to write this now yeah you don't think you you just know mm-hmm. but you don't the thing about that voice is i think it's similar to a comedy right you can write a joke and be like i think this joke works but when you're like trying to gather material you don't want to hear that voice yeah you don't want to hear the voice that's like this is a great joke and these other seven should go you don't want to hear that voice when you're starting off but like cultivating that voice is really important so i think a lot of art is just quieting 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 yourself down and making that voice as loud as possible Mm -hmm. um does that make any sense yeah it
0: makes a lot of sense um because i think like in art it's just like you want to settle for like because you feel you should practice and you should put something out and that's like i mean like you said music and comedy for me it is very true i write a bunch of jokes that I'll try one time on stage and I just am like, eh, whatever. Right, like right. I'm not into that one. Yeah. And then I have certain jokes that end up becoming like cornerstones of my set because I'm like, I love this
1: joke. I love this is
0: like a whole package and I'm crazy about it. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, and, and what and uh I'm sure you know this, but at some point a joke that you really love right now in two or three years, that'll be Oh yeah. Way below your bar.
0: I I think I cycle out material every like three to four months. Mm. Like I get I get so sick of my jokes so quickly. Like I did a bunch of shows in the last month, and I was like, I had a good like five to eight minutes, depending, like plus or minus a couple jokes, and I was like really stoked on it. And now I'm like, all right, I'm tired of telling that like rotation of jokes. Like I got it. I I don't need to do it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, and I think like the The other thing about that tier is those are the ones that are gonna last the longest mm-hmm. for you. Those are the ones that will it's like a piece of chewing gum what keeps its flavor the longest, yeah, you know what I mean, and like if you if you're really committed and determined to always shoot for tier four, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that's gonna stay for for it's gonna stay and it's not with not only with you but with others mm-hmm. that's the stuff that they're gonna you know i i feel like that was like part of the evolution of like same with that tier thing is like because i w- the reason i learned that is because i noticed that when i really took a survey and looked back on my songs all the tier four songs all the tier four beats were all my favorite songs yeah without fail mm-hmm. and i just couldn't ignore that pattern and um and then those are the also the songs that I got the feedback about the most. So, like, my goal became, like, I'm going to try to make Tier 4 only. mm mm-hmm. and not And, you know, obviously that's impossible. But yeah. You know? That's
0: what I do try you, to do. do you, are there any songs by other artists that just stand out as, like, this must have been their Tier 4 track?
1: Oh, I, I love lists. I have tons of lists of, like, <laughs> you know, the songs. Like, I have a list of, I think, the greatest hip-hop songs. I have a list of 10. So, like... I mentioned Warren Hill earlier, like Lost Ones. I don't know if you know. Hmm. Uh, it's funny how money changes situation. but ah, Miscommunication lead to complication. You just lost one, but you really so, um, gain. <laughs> that's like, to me, the greatest hip hop song ever made. Okay. I think it's, so that's easily a tier four. Um, but to go back, so that I think is the practice. Rap, uh, freestyling as much as you can, writing a rap as much as you can. Like I have to, I used to do it compulsively and now I have to trick myself into like, if I'm not working on an album, just like, mm-hmm. cause, like running, you can lose it. You don't run a couple of days, yeah. you can lose it. So I try to stay sharp and try to find beats. I like and write raps as much as I can. And then, uh, how else do I practice? I try to listen to, I am a big snob. And I, so I try to listen to like the best <laughs> of anything I can find, like the best artists, the best albums, and of any genre that I can get into, you know what I mean? If it's a really uh, beloved and like well-respected piece of music, I'm going to try to get into it and try to see, even if it's not my genre, see what it is that people love about it and mm-hmm. try to dissect like, yeah. what makes this work. Not what makes people like it. I have to like it also. But if I do like it or if I do feel, get some feelings from it, what makes this work. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly trying to think about that and break that down from every element from the songwriting to the tempo to what instruments are used to like how the song progresses to uh, the sequence of the album to the song yeah. title to I'm trying to think about what makes what is making this work. There's so many intricacies for sure. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh Yeah, what I found, which I don't know if it's true, but this is what I found, is like everything does work together. And that's what you find is that Mm -hmm. when you look at something that really works, you'll find that there's very little wasted. Everything that's in it is bent toward one goal.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Like, my my favorite albums of all time are like when you can look at the whole album and be like, this is so cohesive Mm. and every song stands out from every other song, but it all is in like the same package and you can tell it's in that
1: package. Nice. What's, what's an all time for you of in that, in that, in that mode or something you think of You're like, wow, this is,
0: I would say this isn't rap, but, uh Motor by Ramstein. Okay, is uh, most Ramstein albums are like this. Like I always, I'm a huge fan, but I think of them as like every album is like a different color, and then every song in those albums is like a different shade of that color. Oh yeah, it's that's like beautiful. It's like they they do it perfectly. Like the only two, their first two albums were like a little experimental. Like they've got some bangers they've got some, like, weird ones, but, like, they're figuring it out, but their third album, Onward, has all just been, like, gold after gold after gold. Whoa. Just really, really good. And then, like, in hip-hop, like, I mean... Only thing I know about Rhymstein
1: is, what, 97. Du hast. Yeah. Du hast. Yeah. Which is, that says a lot about them, because that will never leave my brain.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's burned in there. It yeah. so
0: big. Yeah. It was crazy, and, like, like being like such a fan of them i'm like that song is like old like yeah, yeah. they have way better songs now yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but it's catchy as hell yeah, yeah. and then um in like <laughs> in like hip-hop and rap like i don't know it's so hard to pick favorite albums of things because i i just love so much but when i think about like um like anything Kendrick Lamar has done. All of his albums are very much like that, where it's like all of them are like, oh, we get the vibe of the album, we get the tone, and then every song is like so intentional.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: Damn and uh to pimp a butterfly are yeah, just like beautiful and, records. And like, you know, Good Kid Mad City. Yeah. Just those three are just so incredible. Like it's like there was so much thought that it went into this. It wasn't just like a haphazard release, just like I ah, just put it out. It's it's yeah. like
1: so good. Yeah, really a labor of love, yeah, for sure. He's he's one of the forefront in that. Mm-hmm. Do you, um do you have um comedy albums or comedy specials that are that for you as well?
0: Not really. Mm. I think uh like I don't watch as much comedy as I probably should. Like I think I used to watch it all the time, you know, and then when I started doing you start comedy, doing
1: it, it, it 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 changes. I heard I've heard Christian Bale and and Matthew McConaughey say this, and I didn't think this would happen to me, but it has. And, and in terms of acting, they're like, mm-hmm. I love making movies way more than I like watching them. Yeah, you know, so I yeah, I can I sort of get that. You're you're immersed in an all time. Yeah, way.
0: and it's like before when I wasn't doing stand up comedy, it's like oh, I can watch this. I I can laugh at the jokes and be like oh, I like this. I like I don't like this. But now that I'm in it, I see all the nuance in the performance mm. and my bar for what is funny has gone up so much that a lot of Netflix specials I'm just like this is okay, but this is not as good as something could be.
1: Yeah, a lot of them aren't good.
0: But like my um my all-time favorite comedians are Dimitri Martin and Tig Notaro. And yes. like those two when they do a special it's super cohesive and they just have their voice and their vibe just
1: on lock. So Dimitri, I always confuse Dimitri Martin with somebody else. There's another comic that kind of looks like him that I always confuse him with. I think he's Australian, maybe Dimitri Martin, but he's like bowl cut, right? Yeah. He's got the bowl cut and the big nose
0: and he yeah. plays music and does the drawings.
1: Okay yeah 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 I think I yeah I think I watched one of his last specials.
0: His his was his uh person special was the first comedy special I ever watched like front to back. Wow. So wow. and it was just like so weird and like fun. I was like I love this. And he's so just like so like heady and like cerebral that it's just like these, it's like dumb and innocent but also thought-provoking in like a weird way i don't
1: know yeah he's definitely of a time he reminds me of like kind of my my coming of age like the early 2000s mm-hmm. like that whole you know i would say i would call it the wes anderson era yeah you know what i mean like him yep. and uh who's the other guy who's really quiet um not david cross uh Todd Berry, yeah, oh, and, he's amazing, and um, and uh, who else is in that era? That early era. Ironically, D- Dane Cook also comes from that era. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, there may be one other person that comes from that era. But anyway, yeah, it's I totally, yeah, I, it's like it's like almost nostalgic to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in in terms of rap and hip hop,
1: what what defined uh, the early two thousands for you? The early 2000s for me is like a wasteland. I, it's <laughs> maybe the worst era of hip hop to me. It just was, it, that is hip hop's um, puberty. Yeah. It doesn't, it's very formless. It doesn't really know mm. what it's going to be. It's like, because, cause, so a lot of people say, there's a couple years of hip, I mean, hip hop is always fun, but there's a couple years of hip hop that I think people really gravitate toward.
2: Mm-hmm. 88.
1: Which I think is a lot of public enemy and Rock Cam and El mm-hmm. Cool J. I think maybe like 93, 94, because mm-hmm. that's what you get. Elmatic, you get Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. um, Biggie, and then also, and then 98. Oh, mm-hmm. Nas. Nas drops then. But then 98 is like Hard Knock Life. It's dark as and hell is hot. Miseducation, Lauryn Hill. Like those are big big years. And then after that, you just get it's just like like there's some great records there, but like everything on hip hop is ill fitting. Like the fashion is strange, Mm -hmm. the music is strange, the underground music is very underground, the pop music is very pop. I mean, the hottest rapper of that era is 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 Ja Rule. Yeah. And then, you know, Ludacris and Fifty Cent, who are all yeah, beloved hip hop icons, but we're not necessarily looking at them as canon, as like these are the greatest records of our time. And there's some good, re- great records that come out of that era, but. Also, Eminem. Eminem, yeah. Eminem is probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, that's the era that he could thrive the most in. And yeah. I'm a big Eminem fan, but that's like. That era was so. You know, I would say the most important rappers of that era are probably. Kanye emerges not too long after that. He's like 2005, 2007 or something. Yeah, exactly. And mm. then. Uh, Kanye, maybe four, and College uh, Dropout is maybe four. So I really think the people who mastered that era, I mean, Nelly is really hot in that era. Mm-hmm. The people who really—that's the—that's the rise of Pharrell, that's the rise of Missy, and that's the rise of um, oh, who was it? Who's the other one that I thought was really great? And it was somebody else I thought was really great in that era. Um, Aaron Carter is that true? No, <laughs> Missy. Missy Elliott? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, Missy's a genius. Yeah, Missy for real, It's kind of the rise of Lil Wayne too. Yeah. yeah I mean that's Lil, probably Lil
0: Wayne, when he did uh, I'm Not a Human Being, was like just and he was just
1: killing it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's even, so this is even before, I'm Not a Human Being was probably 2007 or 8. Yeah. And like yeah. this this time is like mix, what we call mixtape wheezy. Oh, okay. it was like he was emerging from the cocoon of um, kind of that young with the with the with the uh, the hot boys. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the little kid rapper. Wow, but he wop 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 drop it like it's hot, and he was emerging from that to like being this like monstrosity of just like releasing mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, and just these strange, mind bending raps. But that also felt street and gangster. Yeah, you know, he was the first. He it's not it's no coincidence to me that he's the first rapper that I feel like the blog, the not the blog era, not the, there was a lot, there was a hip hop blog era, but the, the pitchfork era. Okay. he's The first rapper that like magazines, like pitchfork latched onto Mm -hmm. like indie rock. He bridged, he was the guy to bridge like indie rock sensibility and hip hop Mm -hmm. because he was, he was somewhat somehow doing both at the same time. And, uh, so yeah but beyond that i feel like that that era is a wasteland of big timers (laughs) and nelly and ja rule and some 50 cent records are good or great but some most of them are really i'm not into like and it's not that this music is bad it's just that this was an awkward era yeah you know it just didn't really have a lot of form and definition the way the the following eras would
0: right like i think one thing that always stood out to me about early 2000s like rap and hip-hop is just the beats are so absent of like bass yes like that's the big thing is it's very like treble focused and it's very kind of like drum and bassy over just having this like
1: yeah like i don't think we knew what we were trying to do even that like that's the ride that era is the rise of trap music when
0: like, waka had just changed everything
1: Flocka, <laughs> i think is more like eight or nine and mm-hmm. so that that counts but like ti releases the oh, album yeah. trap music i think in like 2005 mm-hmm. and that's he and other people argue about who coined that phrase but that's yeah. around the time that emerges so um but then trap music as we, then to trap music as we know it now are very different very bass driven mm-hmm. almost like bluesy in a way uh, yeah and then uh yeah so yeah the early 2000s i'm not uh, <laughs> uh that 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 is like uh i was like living on scraps back then thank god common was there and outcast was there and Kanye mm-hmm. was there otherwise i would have had nothing yeah <laughs>
0: What about, uh, now that we're at the end of the decade, yeah. what, what, what do you have any favorites from the past decade, 2010 to 2020?
1: Oh, man, I think it was filled with tons of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to Pimple Butterfly, like you said, I think it's the best. I think it's still the most important album of the 21st century. Um, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I think it's still um, the most important rap album of the 21st century. Maybe Album Period. Uh, if You're Reading This Is Too Late by Drake. Mm-hmm. Um oh were some good Nas albums in the early 2000s too Godson Streets disciple which was over long but I think it was great lost lost tapes are both really great mm-hmm. um let me see Jay-Z's 444 and and, and Mac Carter Holy Grail and Watch the Throne Yeah Watch the Throne is incredible um you know pretty much all the Kanye albums mm-hmm. um uh like lots of kid Cudi stuff um Astro World, all of travis mm. scott's stuff Astro World is easily my favorite but I, I just know that he's important to what, what's been going on yeah tyler the creator's last few records oh, all the
0: odd future stuff
2: was
1: yeah all the frank crazy. like the frank ocean stuff mm-hmm. um which i know is not rap but i put them all together um miguel also um was great um what else was great in this era i can it's it's kind of fresh in my mind because I did karaoke the whole the whole decade. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see what else was was really great. Um, did you
0: get any into any of the the newer like kind of emo sad boy rap like XXX It's or not Lil for me, Peef but I've or... listened
1: to some of it and I I do I do dig it. I I it's it's like really um it's really interesting to me. It's not what I love but future i'm a mm-hmm. big future fan mm-hmm. I, I just uh i think what he does is like very unique and very original um and and beautiful like these for all the hassle these guys get from like hip-hop purists yeah <clears throat> they really bring like a lot of blues and um i think musicality to to the music and, and a lot of um, just melody and yeah beauty, uh, uh yg nipsey hustle big sean schoolboy q mm-hmm. um uh you know um yeah i just there's just a lot that so I, many is, yeah there's a lot <laughs> that i love like um you into danny brown at all danny brown is one of my favorites he's so good he's one of my fair love danny brown yeah um no name um uh um Chance has some good stuff um, uh, yeah u k rap emerged against everybody's predictions meek mill um yeah
0: do you, do you okay, let me ask you about u k rap uh-huh, so I love u k drill yeah, that's one of my favorite genres of music of all time. Wow. Do you listen to grime or UK drill or any of a that? A little
1: bit. If if I hear like something that's really beloved, I will probably listen to it. So mm-hmm. like, like I have like I've listened to like some Skepta and some of the later Stormzy mm-hmm. records and yes. some gigs and <clears throat> but I'm not <clears throat> Dave. I think this guy named Dave. I listened to one of his albums. <laughs> uh, uh, he had, supposedly had a good great album, and I did like that mm-hmm. a lot. Um, uh, but I'm not a I'm not. I try to just know what's going on, but I'm not a completist or yeah. a purist, and or I'm not a purist. and I'm not a completist, so I don't know. Oh, uh, what's her name? That there's a group that everybody loved for a while. I like them. Um, Brockhampton. No, but I, I don't know anything about them. But I always hear about them. Not Brockhampton. They were two twin brothers or something. Uh. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> no <laughs> they were uh what was their name they were so big for a while there's the migos i kind of like them i like some of their stuff i love charles-, uh, charles gambino i would say mm-hmm. he's probably he and i are f- so similar and it really irks me but we're like mm-hmm. probably almost just really similar um what's the name <laughs> of that group uh they did that song Black Beatles. Oh, Ray Schremerd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were. I haven't heard about them in a while, but they were cool. Um, Just like
0: that, that one single, and then No Flex Zone yeah. were the only two I know by them.
1: Hey man, to get even get two in the in the in the canon in the culture is mm-hmm. a deal to me. You know what I mean? It's like it's like being a comic and having even one joke that goes viral. Yeah, it's like, man, that's dope.
0: What about uh, female rappers? Yeah, got, got any favorites?
1: Uh, I mean, Lauren Hill is a great. Missy is a great. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're they're foundational, fundamental. Um, in the modern era, I guess there's some people that I like. Who do I like? Um, no Name is a genius. Um, in my scene here in here in Brooklyn, I mean, she's moved. But there's a lady named Merced the Big Body Benz who's mm-hmm. just a monster there's a lady named Samus who was who kind of adjacent to our scene, who was a monster, who was a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Azalea Banks is a genius, but she's sort of self-destructive. I don't know what, mm-hmm. what's happened with her. Um, I'm trying to think who else there was, there was somebody I was really into. I respect Rhapsody. Like Tierra Whack is interesting. And, um, there's a lot of people that I see are interesting, but I'm an album guy. So I I yeah. don't know like city girls are interesting and, but I don't always, I'm not, I haven't connected with a lot of their albums and that just might mean it's just not for me. It doesn't, yeah. I don't, I really don't take like, if I'm not into something as it's not good, it may just not be for me. Mm-hmm. I've mean, been the audience, but that's fair. Uh, those are the ones I can think of. I like this lady, Little Sims from the UK. Little Sims is really good. Yeah, yeah I like her. Uh, I like Young Ma, but she—I don't have a great album from her yet. So yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I'm I think that big snob, dude. Um, no, I feel that. <laughs> yeah,
0: like I—I I, I used to be such a huge metalhead, and it was all about the albums. It's like no one cares about singles. It has to be like, did you make the album, and did you do? Do it well, so I I totally get that. I used to be a discography type person, and that was exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think I think we all are still like that. There's always this talk of like just release singles. It's not about the album anymore. The album's dead. People always say that, but I've never seen it to be true. Right, the album is always king. Like when you have a good album out, you are, you know. Uh, I don't know if I said YG, but I love YG. Yeah, he's he's so fun. Yeah, I love, and he's so like he's my favorite kind of rapper. Because he has so much, like depth and feeling and richness, but like he doesn't seem like he's doing anything. Mm -hmm. It seems like what he's doing is so easy and so simple. Yeah, and it's really not. I think it's really hard to do what he does. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with future. Yeah, I I love I love that.
0: So, in your own uh, music, what what have been some challenges along the way? Like let's let's like some early challenges in getting into rap.
1: Um. Uh, Yeah, my only challenge has been the same challenge as played all my other art, uh, art, which is uh, I'll I'll put it this way. I'll tell you a story. So it's a very simple story. Uh, What was it called? The 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 something artist. What's the movie that James Franco did? The disaster artist. Disaster artist, Mm -hmm. right? So I was really excited about the movie. I'm a huge James Franco fan. Mm -hmm. I like any weird. Genius, who's gonna paint outside the line? So I love Kanye, I love Shia LaBeouf, I love yeah. James Franco, I love, I love all those people. So I'm I'm fascinated by them. And so uh, uh Shia, oh uh, no, James Franco did an interview I think on Marin talking about right before Disaster Artist came out. Yeah, and he uh he said um he was supposed to be like a mathematician because his dad, I think, was an engineer, and mm-hmm. he was like on that path he got really good grades and stuff but then he was just like i'm gonna be an actor and his dad was like kicked him out of the house so he said the first thing he did was went out and got a job at mcdonald's Mm -hmm. because he was like i just i only had the job for like three months but i knew if i didn't make my own money it would be much like if i couldn't take care of myself financially it would be much harder for me to attain my dream and right i i so James Franco said this, and I heard it on this podcast. This was like three years ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. I heard this on the podcast. I'm in my 30s at this point, and I heard this, and i I was already leaning this way, but it was the first time I went, "Oh, I I have to make money," mm-hmm. because before that, my through college, through everything, my focus was always. I need to do as little of the things I don't want to do as possible, just enough to stay alive so that I have enough time to practice mm. the, these arts that I'm to do, acting, drawing, making music, rapping, comedy. Mm. Like, I need time to practice all these things. So I need to, like, do the bare minimum uh, everywhere else so I have time to practice those things, which meant, like, I would work just enough to pay my rent, pay my phone bill, and get a Metro card. And mm. I did that. You know, I've been in New York now. What? Uh almost 14 years wow as an adult right mm-hmm. and so that's what i did the whole time up until about three years ago was that mm-hmm. i worked just enough to stay alive and then i would spend the rest of my time at improv jams or open mics or or you know just in my house rapping or, mm-hmm. or trying to get on a show or whatever and and that's why most of my discography is from the last 18 months yeah because i never made money before so i never had money to finish any project that I ever had, right? So, um and my family doesn't have money really, mm-hmm. so um, that was the big challenge. Was just I, because I was always practicing and hiding and practicing. I was never working enough to make money, right? I always right. thought if I work too much, I won't have time to practice, and I won't get great. I, I'm gonna get great. I, I don't have time. I can't. I'm only taking. I only want part time. Yeah. you know what I mean. And like, and uh, and as soon as that changed as soon as i was like oh if i work more and make more money than i need then i'll have money to do the things to record and to mix and to all this like yeah uh, pay to do, go do an open mic or whatever or whatever you know I yeah. just that was that was probably the biggest challenge i don't i can't think of any others
3: yeah i think yeah
0: i think the the financial stability in creativity is like it, it's so important. Like, just being able to invest in your own projects, like, just little things. Like, for us, it was like, oh, we want to do an open mic in our backyard. Well, they got to sit somewhere. So, we need to get Cheers. the chairs. Wow. And, like, we got to make sure we got the speaker, the PA, the mic stand, make sure, like, we got our, all our bases covered. And it's just, like, nice. Like, with this podcast and, like, everything, it's like, okay, I need some software to drop my editing time by a ton. Like I want to be able to afford that.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I absolutely, yeah, that's where I'm living now. But I also want to say, I don't think I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like you know, I feel like um, you, I refer to that time. Let's say from, uh, from just before, yeah. Basically, I moved. I left New York and came back to New York in 2016 um i left new york for about six months because my mom was unwell so i went to Mm -hmm. take care of her right so that time from 2016 when i did when i did my final one-man show right when did i do when i do my one-man show no i did my one-man show yeah that was the end that was my graduating so my one-man show uh what should be the fear was in 2017 so from 2007 to 2017 10 years exactly that was grad school Mm. i spent 10 years in grad school so that's what i did i just worked shit jobs and just practiced practice practice every every waking hour that i could and and i think it really did help me i think um i was able to become proficient at three skill sets when most people Mm -hmm. need that time to have one and and that's what i noticed in college too is that when I left college, uh, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design, so it was mm-hmm. like this, this global art school. They had a lot of money. I didn't have any money. But You're they... my second guest that went there. Oh, who's the other one? Uh,
0: Anne Van Epps. She went there for photography.
1: Okay, that name sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, she's a comedian
1: that hangs out. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, oh, I think I do know. Red hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen her around. Um, So... uh. And that's like another thing like i'm not mm. a stand up but i n- kind of know who they are yeah, yeah you know what i mean and that i mean anya helps a lot too but it, before that i kn- i knew like because i'm like because i wasn't working all the time i could be around i could see what's going on and i yeah. want to know what's going on yeah and um so uh i don't remember what i was saying oh so yeah even when i was at scad i noticed that everybody was like working jobs to pay everything off and not doing plays or not doing student films. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're paying so much money so that you can be working a job to pay it off the whole time. Like you're, there's so much going on around you. And if I believe, I believe in everything you'll get out of it, what you put into it. Right. And that was definitely the case at college. So I left having been in a bunch of plays, Mm -hmm. been in a bunch of films, having produced a bunch of plays, written a bunch of plays, directed a bunch of plays. Like, just because I refused to work and, um, and, and and didn't have any, you know, didn't have any money, but I was always doing stuff.
0: So let me let me unpack this. So what did you go to school there for?
1: So I went to SCAD, uh, Savannah College of Art and Design, because I, I, I wanted I thought I wanted to double major. So it was the only school I knew of in the country that taught sequential art and not just illustration but specifically comic book art sequential art Mm. it taught specifically sequential art and theater okay so that's why i ended up going there which i shouldn't have because i'm in humongous debt (laughs) Uh, but i had a great time and i did learn a lot and i did meet a lot of great people so Um, what'd you end up you're having your degree in performing arts and with a minor in sequential art okay yeah and then what was your grad graduate degree in there's there's no graduate degree. I didn't go to graduate school. Like grad, New York was my graduate school.
0: Oh, yeah, I, okay, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. it.
1: I see. Yeah. So that's okay. Like that a, was a metaphorical yes, grad school. Okay, yes, but <laughs> it's a metaphorical grad school. But also, fuck that. Yeah, like, there's no grad grad student in the country. Probably not even a PhD. I would say who has studied as much as I have. Like I mm-hmm. really, st- I did like probably five or six internships mm-hmm. i i um i just sat at bookstores and read every book i could get my hands mm-hmm. on i was at jams and practices like improv practices and open mics and meeting people and i mean it really was grad school i i everything yeah. that you can learn at my level i've i've learned it you know yeah um so yeah but the, and then i couldn't get a degree mm-hmm. uh and I didn't want to pay for a degree and I, and I knew that the education I was giving myself was better than any school would give me. And, it, and, it, and, uh, yeah, I it ended up paying off cause I'm a professor now. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have no secondary degree. I have a I have a BFA, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, um, yeah, yeah, that it, it was grad school, pure and simple. And I'm going to, that's, you've, 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 uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You've uh, uh, emboldened me, or not even emboldened me, but you've just. Now I'm upset, and I'm gonna on, I'm gonna give myself my own honorary uh, doctorate. <laughs> because I deserve it. <laughs> okay, so
0: like, uh, let's dig in. So the other thing aside from rap that you mentioned, your other big thing is acting. Yeah. So when does acting first come into your life?
1: Um so i uh in my senior year of high school, i am uh you know I'm rapping at this point, I think I'm gonna be a rapper and a comic book artist for Marvel comics right and um and so I'm a senior, and you know I just need certain credits to get out of school and so I like they offer drama, and I'm like, okay, I'll do drama it'll be it was fun my freshman year, I'll do it, you know my first semester. It'll mm. be, just an easy fun class and yeah. so i get there first day of senior year and i find out that the drama teacher has fired or been or quit over the summer mm-hmm. and now it's gonna be a musical theater class mm-hmm. which i'm like i know nothing about theater i've never yeah. i've probably never seen a play or i know nothing so i am sort of becoming like a film nerd like reading a lot of movie reviews and stuff i'm like mm-hmm. getting into movies strangely but like acting never occurs to me mm-hmm. i'm getting into movies because i took an ap english class and um you know i didn't grow up with any literature and i didn't ever get into it. i didn't read any of the books <laughs> but i took the class <laughs> for both years freshman and senior year and then i realized one day that uh i liked the movie rocky and yeah i realized oh apollo creed is a machiavel and then that made my because mm-hmm. then i realized you could analyze i was enjoying like analyzing the the books we read even though i didn't read them i was enjoying analyzing and then when i realized you could analyze films the same way as you analyze movies i was just or or, or literature you can analyze films the same way you analyze literature i was like what so i'm already sort of thinking about that but like it's just like a hobby or something yeah like, you know and then um but so i this musical, I'm like in this musical theater class, about to drop it for something else because I don't, I don't sing, I don't, you know, I mean, even though I'm a rapper, I'm not thinking about singing. I don't, I don't care. For You're this. more of a Hamilton guy. I'm more of a no, I'm a <laughs> nothing kidding. guy. I'm just like, yeah, Hamilton. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what I thought about it back then. So, but the teacher, I never forget her. Her name was Miss Kazanovsky at the time. She goes, hey guys, um listen, I, I know you guys didn't sign up for musical theater. It's not going to be a musical theater course. I know you want drama. I can't do that. But I'm from New York. And I did some improv when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I'll teach you guys how to do short form improv. Nice. And then we started doing short short form improv. And by the end of that semester, I was going to be an actor. Wow. It was just like that. I I just, I just, uh, and it's interesting because, so for me, there's no divide between comedy and acting. Mm -hmm. I, to me, they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah so that's how I got into it, and so by the end of that school year, I was like, oh, I'm going to art school, I'm mm. gonna go to school for, to to act um yeah and, and there was there was never a thought about it before that yeah wow um but uh, but also what's strange is, when I say that, it's not true because yeah. I spent my whole childhood like drawing superhero comic books. So like, if Wolverine is upset, he has to, I have to, I have to do the face right to draw it. Uh, or if he's like pining for Jean, I have to be like Jean <laughs> Grey, you know. I have,
0: to, I have to do that to draw it. For the listeners, Ralph is making some very dramatic faces for me. <laughs>
1: you know. Um, so uh, you know, so I I spent my entire childhood doing that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of already built into me, but I didn't realize that until later. yeah. Um. Yeah. And so yeah, from there I, I go to Savannah College of Art and Design. I know nothing. I've I've not been in plays. I've kind of been into movies, but that's it. I don't know anything about theater or anything. Yeah. So yeah, but I so I walk in there and I I just go through the whole program and uh and then I come to New York and then I really start studying hard here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So
0: so, within the acting sphere, what all did you do after, after college? Do, where do you kind of fall into, generally? Do you kind of do more improv? Do you kinda, are you more involved in, like, plays? Like, what kind of things do you do? Or have you done?
1: This is a really good question, and it's very, it's sort of a convoluted answer. So, what I imagine, you ever seen Tootsie? mm Okay. It's a really, like, what I imagine a New York actor is what Dustin Hoffman is in to- at the beginning of Tootsie. He's like this guy who's just like rolling up his sleeves, going to auditions, killing it. And just like, this guy's the best actor in New York, but he's difficult. Uh, And you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like this, um, that's what I thought an actor was. Like that was my, what I imagined, Um, even in college. Mm. And and then I, and I was all about like Merlin Brando and being a serious actor, you know? Um, But a couple things happened. One I just so happened to go to this private school that had a lot of money. I didn't, but, you know, the people around me did. So there was a lot of money floating around in the department. And I mm-hmm. happened to go at a time where there were these pirates. There were these seniors and, and, and grad students who were just like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's just do a play in the parking lot. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Let's just put a play up in this barn. Let's do a play in this field. Let's... um." we're going to open a theater company right across the street from the theater building mm-hmm. our own theater company. And like, they were just like pirates. Um, Troy heard and Cassie Westbrook and Sasha Travis and Ryan McCurdy and all these people who, uh, some of them are around. Troy heard runs a theater company in Las Vegas. Uh, Ryan McCurdy's here. I think he works on once and or did work on once, and I think he has a theater mm. company in Savannah, Georgia, and all these people, Bridget Tunstall, whatever, they were all pirates. They were just like, here's a 24-hour play festival. Here's a play in this parking lot. Here's a blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so they just instilled in me somehow. And, and and my theater department, the teachers were very supportive. The department didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, The teachers were very supportive. I'm yeah. still friends with a lot of them. But they just instilled in me like a... a just make your own stuff. Nobody can stop yeah. you. Just do it, make things. Don't wait for anybody to cast you in anything. So, and so I just came to New York with that. So I came with that and I also came like having moved away from this kind of Montgomery Clift uh I don't know if those names mean or like Marlon Brando, they're like actors, actors like method, method and yeah. I just started to go back to like no, what I love is like improv and clown and I yeah. discovered clown Really, right before I left college, and mm-hmm. so I just, I just spent the last ten years, like, doing as much improv as I could, trying to break into the clown world, apprenticing with the clown named Eric Davis, um, the Red Bastard, who's like a master clown. He ran the New York Clown Festival. I apprenticed with him, and, uh, and then, I, I was doing a lot of improv, and then I spent about like, almost two years doing Mm stand-up about a year and a half but i didn't i never wrote a single joke i would just go on stage and do one-man improv yeah um and uh uh, and i annoyed all the comics but i had like a group of comics around me that like protected me um (laughs) uh, tyler fisher charles gould um matt Alspa, tomas delgado a lot of these guys are still around but they were like my homies and they look look after me
0: tyler fisher uh one of our first outdoor shows. Lee and I, he actually was walking by the show right. in Prospect Park and he came up to me. He's like, "Hey man, I'm a I'm a professional comedian. Can I do some time on this? Sure, this is yeah. so cool." And yeah. he did
1: time and he killed. And it was like, it's "Oh, a good guy." It's yeah, great. he we we came up together. He was actually one of the first people I met when I came to New York. We mm-hmm. were doing this improv thing in Times Square that was really fuck fucking shitty, but we're like yeah, so I'm he's one of the first people I met coming here. Um uh yeah. So um, let me ask you this. What's what what is the difference
0: between improv and clowning? Like I feel like <laughs> having been exposed to both, I feel like I can feel the divide but I can't clearly explain it to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Uh, nice i mean i don't know anything
1: about it um <laughs> the have you taken the clown class or? no okay okay it's coming you will at some point i, I have
0: friends who have and they one of them uh, alex richards who you may have met he he just he's taking the clown class at the same time that me and him are in improv 101 together and he's like dude Clown is just emotionally devastating. He's <laughs> like I leave that class every
1: week just broken. <laughs> yes. Uh here's here's the way I would put it. Um uh I I put it in terms of two stand-ups.
2: Uh huh.
1: So, I would say that maybe um somebody like, oh, was it? It was a comedian who improvises a lot. Um Maybe Sinbad improvises a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, what's the guy who's the white guy who's like, oh, oh I don't know what's the way you see, the big, he's the older dude, Brian, uh, Brian Regan,
0: yeah, Brian Regan, Brian
1: Regan is a clown, really, JB Smooth, like not a trained clown, but that's what he's mm-hmm. doing. Brian Regan is a clown, JB Smooth is a clown, Stephen Brody Stevens, those guys are clowns, okay, um, um but like a. Who's the guy from Curb? Who's a stand-up? Larry David. No, the other guy who's like his best friend. Um, I don't know. uh, I haven't watched it. (laughs) That guy's a Sinbad. Improvises a lot. Uh, uh, Just guys who kind of get up and are riffing and are finding things in the moment. Mm -hmm. They're probably doing a lot of improv, just like finding what's right. Um, A better example is um, is uh, okay. So what Larry David or is doing or what the Jed Apatow guys are doing is and there's these are not clean. There's a little bit of 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 yeah. something in each. But what those guys are doing is improv. But what Sasha Baron Cohen and the Jackass Boys mm-hmm. are doing or Eric Andre is doing is clown. Okay. Because the comedy and the comedy is more like in improv, it's more like we're building, a, we're building and writing a situation together. Right. Uh, uh, um, and there's clown elements in that that you can't help right. if you're any good. Um, but in clown, you're just sort of being alive and being vulnerable and being innocent and, and, and stupid. And yeah. so in stand-up and in improv, the joke is about the situation that you've created, the dynamic, right. of the conflict. That is heartfelt and genuine and sincere. Mm-hmm. But in clown, you're the joke.
3: Okay, yeah. If anyone laughs, sense. they're laughing at you. Okay.
1: You know what I mean? They're laughing at, you know, and it's it's less about fourth wall and it's more about just being alive and being playful, failing in front of people and, and having sort of a an openness to fail in front of people. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't, I broke this. <laughs> I'll fix it. I'll fix it, you yeah. know? Um. It's, it's, so, yeah, I would say imp- improv is kind of, goes this in this direction like, yeah back and forth back and forth and clown goes this direction clown is like i i'm engaging with the audience i'm coming out I'm, I'm gonna touch you i'm gonna you know what i mean yeah and um both i would say both are symbiotic yeah i would say a clown is going to be stronger if they had an improv training and definitely an improviser is going to be stronger if they have clown training right so it seems like like clowns have a
0: have a bit more kind of crowd work but as if the whole environment is more crowd work where they're more present in reality whereas improv is an imagined experience
1: I think you have to be really present to be really good at improv I think the people who are the best in improv have some clown going Mm -hmm. on Um, I don't know if if it's true and vice versa in the same proportion in clown but if you have good if you have some improv training in clown it helps you just it's a way to just know comedy math better yeah. to make it, it It's a little bit of more accessible art form, which I think yeah. is, is saying, it is, is says a lot. I think that it's valuable. Um, and yeah, it's not so much just about crowd work. It's more just like you're. It's the difference between a, a a side scroller and a and a free. What's the word? An open world. An like, open world. Yeah. Clown is an open world, right? And that's a fun game to play. But a side scroll a good side scroller, is really fun to play too. You can do that right. for hours. But yeah, clown is an open world.
3: Okay. So
1: that it, that has the limitations and the and the advantages.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The, oh shit! Thank you for giving me that. That's good metaphor. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Clown is an open as an open world. Yeah. Um
0: interesting. Cause it's so I feel like I've asked both you and Anya before and <laughs> other people who do clown, and it's just like most people are like, I don't know what clown is. It's like, all right. <laughs> I barely
1: know either, but it it's it's um it's definitely it's it's also just it's the art form that I know of that gives you the most opportunity for magic. Yeah. It, magic can happen in improv. But I would say cloud is more squarely just built on magic. You yeah. I mean, magic. So here's the thing that will happen in, like, clown training is, like, from the way I was taught, um, my, my main teacher is a guy named Christopher Baze. Um, uh, but also Eric Davis. I apprenticed with him. But um, so uh, you, uh, you'll you be, like, let's say, you know, the stage is out there. And you'll come out this door. And this teacher will say, okay, go back there. And when you come out, make us laugh. Yeah. And there'll be 30 people in the audience, and the teacher's sitting in the center, and you come out, and you do whatever you, you think you're going to do, and then some people will giggle politely, because they're very nervous for you, and yeah. you're on, this, on an empty stage by yourself, and everyone's looking at you. And, um, and some people will titter, like, ah, okay, and, the te- and a good teacher will be like, we're not laughing. <laughs> make us laugh and then you will struggle and flail and probably not make anyone laugh for a long time. And then when you go, oh my God, then everybody will laugh. <laughs> and, it is, and it is, there is no trick. There is no, if you look behind, there's no, it is very unmistakable. When you've made everyone laugh, Yeah. it is There is. It is unmistakable, and everyone will laugh and everyone will know. And it'll be hard to explain what you did yeah that made us laugh yeah. but it's just your surrender to being in control of the moment
0: yeah like, I, I think that like you see that in stand up a lot like at shows some comedian will bomb a joke so hard and it'll be met with so so much silence that the audience starts laughing at how silent it is, sure. and it's like,
1: what? What is this dynamic? That was a bad joke. <laughs> it's the same. Like, there's so yeah. much clown. Like, clown is like not even a style because it appears so much. Like, there's so much clown in stand up. Right. Like, the best stand ups are doing a lot. A lot of like, for like, very obviously Stephen Brady Stevens, JB Smooth, mm-hmm. Brian uh, Regan, but like Amy Schumer's doing a lot of clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chappelle's doing a ton of clown. Uh, I think. I think uh Norm McDonald's doing a ton of clown. um uh, I'm trying to think of who else is like very present and has like a simplicity like that uh, most most stand-ups are doing it, but some are some have a a sharper mm mm-hmm. a, a little bit sharper in it and more present in it, yeah. than others in a, in a way I want to say, yeah comics who are great, oh Russell Brand is doing a lot of clown mm-hmm. all the time um yeah do you uh do you have a clown name?
0: Yes, what's your clown name? Little tadpole. Little tadpole. Yes, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I Anya told me about the process of getting a clown name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would you describe that for the listeners?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's one of these things. that's like it's also, uh, it's probably what attracts a lot of people to stand up as well. There's a pure justice in it. Either people are laughing or they're not. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's no way around it. Yeah. You can't fake it. And I love it for that. It's why also, Anya and I also are addicted to Judge Judy. Because, <laughs> because of the pure justice. <laughs> and when you so when you get a clown name, um, the way my teacher does it is you come out and he goes, What's your what's your name? Shingle? What's your, you know, you, you do a whole bit where you're, you come out and you notice for the first time that there's a world of people that you've never seen before. And you, mm. ah, ah, yeah. you know, and you come out and and then he goes, come down here. And the clown comes down and he's like, what? and he's like, what's your name? Shingle? And, uh, you know, there's a tater or something. And they will just cycle through silly names. What's your name? Breadbox? What's your name? And, 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 and most of them won't work, but at a certain point they'll land on something like, what's the name? Uh. Uh, one of my favorite names, my, my buddy Peter Coy. His name was so, like, the names are working, some little laughs, but you'll hit something where everyone will laugh. Yeah. And it's like, that is your name. Yeah. And so he comes out and he's like, what's your name? Butternut Tammy. And everyone, it's just like, <laughs> yes. And it's not only that that's your name, but that's always been your name. We just didn't know. <laughs> that's always been your name. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're discovering something. That's always been there and we yeah. just hadn't, you know. No you know, one addressed it, no and one called it addressed out. It. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you get it, you're just like, Oh, that's that is what I am. <laughs> and oftentimes that's not something you want. It's yeah. just something we know is right for you. Yeah. You don't want it. You don't want to be butternut Tammy, but <laughs> you you are Butternut Tammy. <laughs> um and uh, you know, I am little tadpole. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I just am. Yeah. I, I have to wear no shirt and my shorts all hiked all the way up, and I tape a hot dog to my arm. You know that's that's what I am, <laughs> uh, and it's beautiful. It's there's something so humbling about it. It forces you, like 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 a good stand up practice will, it forces you to confront what you are. Mm-hmm. This is why you think I'm. Before I get into anything, I want to do. This is why you think I'm funny. I have mm-hmm. no control over it. This is just what's funny about me, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And um. It's it's a, it's Xan almost. It's uh yeah, that's that's the way of uh, mm-hmm. that's how you get your name. So at least in our practice. There's many practices yeah. of, of clown, there's many different teachers, but our teacher Chris Christopher Bayes, that's how we gave
0: names. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. In uh your world of rap and your world of comedy, acting, improv, clowning, has has there been some bleed over between the two has your has your everything cl- is the same to me it's all the same everything is the same so do you think like your your you're clowning your improv like defined your stage presence as a rapper and
1: vice versa yeah my name is precious gorgeous yeah 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 i everything is everything i, I don't know when that started but i think it's kind of always been that like when mm-hmm. i'm writing raps it doesn't feel that different than when I'm when I was drawing as a kid, or when I'm doing improv, or when I'm clowning. Mm-hmm. Everything feels like it's working the same muscles inside me. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know why that is. I know that's not the case for other people, but to me, everything is the same. It kind of helps me. Like if you and Lee right now were like, we want to shoot a sketch, I could direct it. Yeah, immediately. I just, yeah. I just, um, you know, I. I I would be just be using the same things I use to write a song or to write. not that I can I'm not, I can't just get up and paint or sculpt, but the things I know yeah. how to do they all seem to s- gather around these same principles. yeah you know? um, so yeah,
0: so we're kind of wrapping up here. We're down to our last fifteen minutes do you, Do you have in your, your like creative journey, do you have a message you ha- you like are trying to send with your art? Or do you have like some consistent theme throughout that you stick
1: to? Uh, I, ooh, I don't like messages. No, I don't like them. No, I don't. Uh, I don't like the idea of presuming I have anything to teach anyone else. Even yeah. though I said earlier that I'm a teacher, um, <laughs> I just mean that I have like information, like in, like cheats that I can that, yeah. that I can use, but I don't have like a. I know something about being alive that other people don't know. I, you know so like, I mean? I'm just a guy from Brooklyn. I don't know shit. So you wake up in the morning and you've got a and whole. And you ask yourself, is life worth living or do I blast myself? Sorry.
0: <laughs> so like, yeah, you wake up in the morning. Let's say you've got a, a whole day ahead of you of free time that you're going to fill with working. What's the thing that you wake up and you tell yourself to get after the
1: things you love doing? Um, oh, I don't. I'm I'm very excited (laughs) to wake up every morning. (laughs) It's very obnoxious. Yeah, I shoot at Anya. I shoot out of bed the second. I mean, I'll like lie there because I don't want. I want you know. I lie there for a little bit, but then I have to get up and pee right away, and then I'm immediately gonna go watch. I watch a lot of interviews Mm -hmm. of artists that I love, like for hours every day. I don't know why I do this. I don't know if it's helpful, but I do it. I watch a lot of interviews or if I'm writing an album or something, I really want to go write songs or if I'm like, you know, uh, teaching or I want to go in regular outside of COVID times. I'm like thinking about, OK, I'm going to go do a, a drop in class or I'm going to or I'm teaching. I'm trying to put together my own class or I'm <laughs> this is so corny, but I'm so excited to do all the things I'm doing all the time i'm yeah really excited about them
0: no that's i think that's wonderful that's like that's what you should feel when you get into these projects like
1: maybe i think there's other people who are doing just as well as i am if not better and they don't feel that way so mm -hmm. that's just what i have yeah i wouldn't take that as sort of some sort of litmus of whether or not you're you're doing the right thing that's fair yeah i think um
0: I think a lot of times what I've found is that you'll do something that you're at first very excited about and very interested in. And that interest kind of wanes or that excitement kind of wanes off. But you find that there are things adjacent to that original thing that you're actually very excited about. And it's just kind of like bridging the gap of your interests. Like I tell people like. It's like, I don't think you have to know what you want to do, but I think you should know th- some things that you like to do, and you should try a couple of those things out, and they don't have to be perfect, but you'll be steered in the right direction of like finding things you're excited
1: about. Unfortunately, I can't help you in this regard, because I ne- I've never once in my life not known what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very. This is very obnoxious, but yeah, I knew what I wanted to do when I was seven, and that hasn't an even budged damn yeah i'm like
0: i'm like for me i'm pretty similar so people who don't know what they want to do yeah like to ask me because i just am so decisive like i was like i'm gonna like when i was a kid i was like i'm gonna be rich and then when i was in high school i was like i'm gonna be a computer scientist and then at the end of high school i was like i'm gonna be an electrical engineer then i did that and i was like i'm gonna be an rf engineer i did that and then i started stand-up comedy and it was like I'm going to be a stand-up comedian.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's that's like,
0: similar to Anya's story a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like all the STEM stuff and then just like breaking out of it with comedy and being like, I want to go this way. Hard right turn.
1: That's kind of a similar story to Gary Shandling, I think. Like he was in school for – well, he only made it through school. He didn't mm-hmm. even get to do the actual job. But I think that happens a lot. And then that's beautiful because those people tend to use that way of thinking in, yeah. in how they make their work. Which yeah. is really – Really fascinating, um I feel like a lot of that is just about listening to that little voice, yeah and and a lot of things I just somehow got lucky somewhere I got lucky in my life. I don't know if it's how my parents raised me or just my temperament, but nothing ever happened to make that voice get quiet, and then by the time I became aware of that voice, I just focused on making it really loud, yeah, and so I am always pretty keen on exactly what i want to do mm-hmm. or if it's not clear i'll just wait a bit and it'll it will show up yeah and it, and it's there for everything i just feel like that is that is the thing to cultivate is to try to quiet the voice of not even just social pressures but like not even the thing that you want to want what or, or what is the thing that you need what is the mm-hmm. thing that like if i don't have this everything's over yeah yeah uh, and when you know that then you can then then yeah every day i feel like you're going to shoot out of bed mm-hmm. and be like i ah, i get to do more of that like that's how that's just how i feel all the time i'm just i can't believe i i do such stupid things for a living and i can't believe that i get to that i get to do them um, <laughs> uh, so i'm always like ah, i could go do another one you know wow not that i'm not also lethargic and like bullshitting and like uh, sometimes but I, yeah I do I do have that feeling
3: mm-hmm. that's incredible
0: wow I uh, <laughs> I I guess like the concept of like like just waking up excited just to do more of the things you do is like that's just so amazing to hear that there are people that are feeling
1: that <laughs> and that <laughs> I'm like so annoying
0: yeah <laughs> it must be
1: so annoying people <laughs> <be> <laughs> <laughs> assholes i mean yeah i yeah i it, yeah it's just that's been my whole life so i don't mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been a, i'm only learning in, in my adult life that that isn't how everyone else yeah is. i didn't realize that
3: mm-hmm. i've
1: and just not even just to do what i do but it's like especially because it's comedy like so much of my life is about laughing and yeah that's also part of it like the comic books and the improv like you know uh I don't know. I didn't bring this up, but like when I was nine, I saw the movie Hook. Rob mm-hmm. Williams is my favorite actor in the whole world. Uh, rest in peace. And like, uh, I remember my dad got that on VHS from Blockbuster and we watched it. And I was like nine. And I, you've seen Hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember watching it and, think, and thinking, oh, that guy's like 40. You know, I'm nine. He's like 40, but I believe that he's 10. Mm-hmm. I never have to grow up. Yeah and i and i remember thinking that and that never that's never left me that's mm-hmm. never left me that like i don't have to grow up meaning like i can always have fun right uh, you know what i mean and that helped me to like not then hold on so much to being to childhood and being too childish or being irresponsible mm-hmm. as a way of not trying to grow up yeah because i realized that oh i can grow up and still have as much fun as i want right um so i think that mm-hmm. if anything that helps
0: Yeah, I I think that's like everyone everyone always says is when you get older the voice in your head doesn't get older like the voice in your head is still always like twenty one or something and you just kind of have have an older body and I guess like being in like an adult like one thing I love about it is like for me I have a nine to five but after work that is my time and I can spend it however I want and. All the time I want it's always just filled with like comedy stuff, or like yeah. doing this podcast or taking photos. It's just like, wait, you mean that i I just have to sacrifice some of my time, but then after that, I have the ability to just have fun and just do things that I'm passionate about and I just think are engaging
1: yeah it's great, yeah, it's beautiful and and and, and I think maybe this does not even have to be the ideal for people because you may work a job that also is like. Stimulating or challenging, right. Also, um, and that's really the, the end goal. Like, that's where I like right now. I only work in my field, yeah, which is it's not exactly what I want to do. I, mm-hmm. although I want to teach, but more on my own terms, also being able to, but yeah, I pretty much right now, <laughs> this is also obnoxious. I pretty much right now, I'm like the ratios are a little off, but I pretty much I'm doing exactly what I've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. and. Um, as obnoxious as, as it is and as I'm saying it is I want at least people to know that I do not take that for granted I am like that's part of why I shoot out of bed because I'm just like I can't believe mm-hmm. I get to do this I, this is what I dreamed of like growing up in New York looking at the skyscrapers and like one day maybe I'll be an artist and I'll, my life will be art and that's what my life has become And mm-hmm. so I just am like uh, I I'm, I'm uh, I thank God all the time. I'm utterly like I can't uh, it's probably why I giggle so much cuz I just can't believe that yeah. this is true. I can't <laughs> believe it. That. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. I I I like relate to that feeling in little stages here and there. Mm. Like especially when I first moved to New York yeah, and I yeah. made the move happen and I had a new job and I was like ready to start doing comedy here. Yeah. There was like a month where I was like I can't believe I'm here. I'm like doing this thing. Like, yeah. this is crazy,
1: man. I would say I think I think a lot of the people that I like the comics and stuff that I love and hang out with and and there is a culture of like being jaded and being over it. But I would say try to hold on to it as long as you can. I don't think you have, like. I'm from Brooklyn and I constantly walk around Brooklyn and I'm like, this place is great, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I just try to hold on to it as long as you can. I I think some people say that like you can't be in awe of it. It gets in the way. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think Mm -hmm. you can do your job and know that you're good at your job and that you're capable and ready and still constantly just be thankful and be in love with the fact that you get to do whatever you're getting Mm -hmm. to do. I mean, like, you know, like, like I said, like I met, I met, tyler fisher you know uh 13 years ago Mm -hmm. somewhere in times square doing some shitty improv and now i get to see him on like colbert or whatever he's he's doing and like you know or like you know this lady hired me years ago and like she was getting her mfa at brooklyn college and now because i met her 12 years ago i now teach at brooklyn college Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and I think a lot like this, and then who knows what'll come out of that? Yeah, you know? it's just like you can constantly be like, "Whoa, I can't!" Don't lose that whoa. Don't yeah. lose it. There's no good reason to lose it. I think maybe the city will tell you you're not cool if you don't be cool. Be like me. Be an absolute dork. <laughs> you know, don't be cool. Don't lose that whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It's a, it's good to keep in mind. I
0: think, uh, I think we're gonna finish it there.
1: Woo! This was great to talk to you and hear from you. Oh, I have a mixtape coming out, December thirteenth, yeah. Brooklyn Petting Zoo. It's called Precious Gorgeous Ralph R A L F dot com. I just wanted to plug that. I was gonna add, just about to ask you your plugs. <laughs> okay, I just forced them upon you. Precious Gorgeous Ralph R A L F is my Instagram and my website is Precious dot com, and I have a mixtape coming out called Brooklyn Petting Zoo coming out there is for the holidays it's very sweet and fun and there's a lot of songs that i i really dig and it's a very kind of uh sort of like an homage to hip-hop and an homage to brooklyn in in a very uh uh specific way and uh you know and i'm and i i wrote it just like last month so it's mm-hmm. filled with a lot of very i'm talking about a lot of very current things and mm-hmm. i'm also trying I tried to make the record that I think people need right now. Yeah. you know, uh, So that's coming out the 13th.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll put links to those in the episode description. So everyone go check out Ralph's stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. This is super cool Thank to talk you, to you.
1: It's great to talk to you. It's super, this is awesome. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, guys. Uh, that's it for today's episode. I will see you next week. Check out Ralph's mixtape. Bye.